Welcome to Essie's Hour of Love. Episode 47, Jesse Taylor. Guys, we're actually going to do this one really fast because our battery keeps dying on our recording machine. <laughs> so this is our second round of doing the intro. Uh, but this one's a special one. We tried you know, something new. We really did. And we wanted to try and foster a bit more of a conversation uh, just to give that a shot because when we bring in a guest, we really more ask them questions and we talk about their story. But it isn't necessarily like a topic and we just, this, all of us discuss a topic. Yeah. Which so we, going into this one, we switched it up a little bit. We did. We chose the topic and then we brought on a guest who could talk to that topic as well as a topic that Grace and I could talk to. So we chose kids of divorce because we're all children of divorce. Kids of divorce. <laughs> but we're also three white kids of divorce from middle class families. So we do want to like call that out that we're not talking about every Everyone. kid of a divorce. Yeah. We're talking about our story of divorce. Um and we just definitely wanted to point that yes. out. Um, I and Grace, how did you feel about it? Because I definitely was like, whoa, I'm not sure I was quite I ready this to discuss the, this. This is the first episode where I really kind of introduced A, myself, and B, just elements of my own life. And I definitely walked away a little bit more thankful to our guests that come on each week right. and open up and share their stories because I was second-guessing everything that came out of my mouth and, um. and what feet I had stepped on in an inappropriate way when in reality I don't think I did yeah no I hear you I wanted to call mum and dad straight away and be like caveat 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 sorry yeah yeah <laughs> my bad my bad I didn't mean I just thought I was you I love you <laughs> anyway um, um exciting stuff guys we have um some news we're now available on Spotify um this was an, a little woohoo win for us yeah <laughs> so subscribe follow all of the above and just a tiny little background on Jesse. He is an Australian dude. He's been over here for nearly as long as I have in New York, but we became friends over here. And he's an architect and just, uh, I would say, like just a all cool around pa part of our lives. <laughs> um, so Jess, thanks for coming on and being a guinea pig for this style of the podcast. And yeah. um, we'd love to hear your thoughts of how you guys felt about this one because we are trying something new. And um, so email us at essieshouroflove at gmail.com. And as always, Jimmy and Nancy, thank, thank you, you so much for helping us produce the show. All right, guys, enjoy. enjoy. Loving I'm not looking to talk about like the personal issues between them. No, I think it's more interesting to talk about your yeah your experience of it. That's exactly. why it's like kids of divorced parents. What yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah. What is well, it otherwise to get the parents on and they can talk about yeah what it's like to get divorced. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so like how what like Grace? How old were you? Like what was the situation? I, um. Okay, so we're gonna stretch. I believe I was six turning seven when my parents sat us down and told us they were splitting up. Um, apparently, 
when they sat down, I believe my dad used the word divorce and my mom was under the impression they were getting a separation. So that was already intense, but I was seven and I swear to this day, I had no idea what it actually meant. Like they said it. I didn't know what the word meant. I wasn't understanding what was happening. My two older sisters immediately started crying and I was like, oh yeah, okay, cry. Like I remember saying like, okay, you should cry now. This yeah. is sad. Is someone dying? Like what's, what's happening? How old were your sisters? Um, Kelsey is two years older than me. So she was eight, nine and Ashley's eight years older than me. So she would have been much more aware mm. of what In was going teen on. teen world, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. But they didn't get like properly divorced. I think it was about, I was in middle school by the time they actually got divorced. Did they move out? Short after that conversation? Or yes. My dad had, well, at some point in time, he had like moved to a different room and he was sleeping in a different room. And then it was kind of within like the next couple of years he had, I think it was like within like a year or two, he had moved out and moved into an apartment and he had like a one bedroom apartment at first. It wasn't like, this is where the kids will come. And we would, like he would just come pick us up at the house and all of that. And then he moved to like a two bedroom apartment where he had beds for us. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, but more of a home, more of a home. Yeah. yeah. But at that point in time, it was for myself and Kelsey, it was kind of like growing up with it where Ashley had grown up. Yeah. And then it all kind of happened. Yeah. So even the two of us have had very different experiences when it comes to what the divorce meant, how we reacted to it and all of that. Mm-hmm. Jess, were you like a baby? Were you really young? Or? I think I was two. I was young enough that I do. I have no recollection of, of them ever being together. Interesting. Yeah. So what, what do you, what is your sort of first memory of the fa- a family dynamic? So like, well, <clears throat> it still felt like a family dynamic. I think that's the weird thing for me is like, I never consciously felt any negative effects from it. Like they were always, they kind of made an early on decision. I think, well, I know that they did. I just like, don't know how early on on it was, but they made a decision to kind of keep me completely out of it. So I wasn't really aware that they were fighting or anything like that. Um, in my conscious memory, obviously I was when I was really young, when I was like two before they got divorced, but so in terms of like, it still felt like a family, weirdly to me, even though I was like moving between houses, they would still be like fine when they were together and they were always like on the same side and they wouldn't like say anything bad about the other parent or anything like that. What was the deal though? Was it like, what was the... So I was, uh, uh, dad moved out. I was every Monday night at dad's house, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at mum's and then would alternate Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like the weekend, basically. Whoa. I think we had very similar things. Every oh, really? Every Tuesday we were with my dad. Uh-huh. So at first it was just for dinner. And then when he got the apartment that we could actually stay in, we would stay there Tuesday nights. Yeah. Okay. And then weekends it would swap. So we would do Friday night, the first weekend of the month, Saturday night, the second weekend of the month. The third weekend was the full weekend with dad. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth weekend was the full weekend with mom. It yeah, just yeah, sounds exactly. so complicated. Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why? Why? Why so? S- well, because you want to get a. They wanted They as both much want a weekend. Time. Yeah. 
Wow. They didn't, they didn't want to say like, I'm not going to see you at all this week. Yeah. But I certainly like, remember, like I would, I would be sad. I would like miss mum a lot. Like I'd be really sad leaving mum. And I've actually, there's a whole another interesting side to this I, that I've kind of like talked to my therapist. Well, my therapist has hypothesized on, and I think she's probably right is that half the reason I was sad that I was leaving my mum was because I kind of need to give this a bit of backstory, but like Essie, you and I were talking ages ago about like picking up on people's feelings and like trying to kind of control their feelings through our, our sort of like, like maybe through jokes or like, you know, if people seem sad, you try to like cheer them up. Or, and when you're saying control, it's more like uh, make it better in some way, right? I want to say, yeah, I want to, yeah, make it better. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh yeah. I don't mean like you don't want to put them in a bad mood or anything. Well, no, it's just like you said control. It's like, yeah, you, you um, I look, I look at it as like through your actions, you wanted to control works, but I guess it's more of like impact. Yeah. I guess yeah, it's like empathy. Like you're basically if someone's down, anxious, angry, any sort of like negative quotation you bring marks, them up. you want to like get them out of that. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is that um, living with my mom is that she basically like, I think I kind of became her life a little bit. And so it was a weird dynamic where I think I felt even at the age of like two and three, I felt a responsibility to look after her. And um, I was looking back at postcards and like my um, auntie, who was a psychologist, had written me letters at that age saying that I was doing that, which is really interesting. Oh, wow. Because I just asked my mum and dad about it recently after my therapist brought it up. And dad was like, well, yeah, you should speak to your auntie about that because she thought that at the time. Anyway, um, so I used to get really sad going to dad's and I always just assumed and I always felt bad about that because I'd like scream and cry. And I was like, I once apologized. I was like, I'm so sorry that I used to do that, dad. Like I used to love coming to yours. I don't know why I did that. And he was like, no, that's like totally normal for like kids to not want to leave. You were a kid. Yeah. You were like so young, you know, like I was four, I think in the particular time that I remember like trying to not get in the car and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, my therapist brought up the idea that actually it wasn't that I was scared to be away from mum, it was that I was scared for mum to be away from me a little bit. Um, and I think, I can't really remember where I was going with this, but it it was just interesting that like, I with dad, I never felt like I had to look after him or like, like I felt like he'd be fine. Whereas when I was away from mum, I was like, it. I think, and in hindsight, she said that, yeah, I think when you were away, I felt lonely because I just like. Yeah. I've, I felt really. I could totally relate to that with mum, and you guys did weeks, right? Yeah. So we, I was seven when they, I say broke broke up. Like divorce didn't come till like years later. But again, like I was like Grace, I have no. To me, it's like if you broke up and you're not living in the same house, that to, I was like, that's what divorce is, right? I didn't know, yeah. of course, the legal side or anything like. Yeah, that. I don't think my parents legally were divorced until a bit later, but they. Yeah. We're completely apart from the age of two. Um, but I do, funny, uh, like now learning a bit more about a m- mother and child relationship, especially in the first years and how special, and I think <clears throat> there's 
more research with a mother and a child because generally speaking, mothers spend more time with their children than, mm-hmm. than fathers. But like there is an, an amazing attachment like going on. And I do think as kids, we felt, I felt that differently with between my mum and my dad. Like my mum for the, that seven years before that was 100% our main care carer. Mm-hmm. Dad worked. And then all of a sudden her kids are leaving for half the year. Mm-hmm. Her purpose, her main purpose for the past seven, eight years, Nellie was older, eight years um, has changed. And I definitely felt like that there was yeah like we were it was not our fault at all but like we were taking away something Mm -hmm. from her that was so important and like jumping over to dad's and where he's like learning how to be a a full-time dad and we're kind of having fun and we're allowed to eat in front of the television and so your mother didn't work before Uh, no I think she did like there was um I mean she had two kids we didn't know help or anything mm-hmm. um, and we hadn't started, we maybe just started school, but she was always like teaching drama on the side and all that kind of stuff. But no, not like a full, mm-hmm. she was a, the main. And your dad was working a lot. And more. dad was working all the time. Yeah. yeah. That was the same. My mom worked for my two older sisters and then I don't know at like what point of like when she, I don't know if it was like before me or after me, she then was like a stay-at-home mom and my dad like worked and when they got divorced or separated or whatever that big like my mom had to go find a job mm-hmm. and she yeah. got like a she started working at a bank part-time and i know for her it was like a big thing to then be successful and create her own life and be able to kind of go back to square one and figure that all out yeah. all while your kids are now leaving how often like yeah. Everything you thought you had sort of like solidified and put together has just like broken up. Yeah. Does she remember that as a negative or a positive or like, do you think it helped her? I think it helped her and I'm like dancing on the edge of, I don't want to assume something of my mom, but I know that we've had long conversations about this where she will make comments like, well, I could have been so much better if I had finished college and maybe I like I, the things I, I always wanted to be a nurse and I always mm-hmm. wanted to do that. And she never finished that. And she kind of looked at it as, well, I got into this industry because of the, the, the divorce and because of this and because of that, mm-hmm. where I look at it and, and I've tried telling her over and over again, like, mom, you picked yourself up, you went into a job you took the bottom job that they offered and then you became a manager within years like Mm -hmm. you established yourself and you created the like a a wonderful career for yourself and Mm -hmm. you showed us that you can be a strong woman so don't be so hard on yourself and think like oh well if i didn't do all the other stuff before and i'm like that always hurts me because i don't want her to think that way yeah i think it's interesting that the the idea that well, I mean, it's not a foreign idea, but, like, that divorce can actually open up someone's world a little bit. Yeah. That, like, brings up an interesting... Where I um, I never felt uh, necessarily unhappy that they broke up. Yeah. It wasn't like I was like, this is 
a terrible thing. I think even at a, as a young kid, I was like, it seems like things aren't going great. Mm-hmm. Um, this <laughs> maybe makes some sense. Did it, you get the questions of like, do you wish they stayed together? That, 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 that's such a funny <laughs> question that people felt like it yeah. was legitimate to they ask. They always think it's a great question. Or I more got, why do you think they got divorced? I'm like, oh, no, that I'm I like, get. how can you, I answer that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What do you want to hear? They don't like each other. Well, who's asking you that? <laughs> people. I feel like that was just like a general, growing up as a kid of divorced, people would be like, why do you think your parents did get divorced? And, um. Your friends were weird. Wait, no one asked you guys that? I never got that. I always got, do you wish they stayed together? Yeah, yeah, I got that a lot. And every time I was like, no, they were miserable. Hang on, no one asked you, though? Like, Nobody asked why? me why. I mean, I'm sure they did. I can't remember them asking me, but... It was always the, the question of, would, like, do you wish, like, they had stayed together or something like that? And I always joked, I was like, no, I, I remember fighting only. I don't, like, I have no happy memories of them together whatsoever. Um, and since they've gotten divorced, they've both found people that they love. They've now been with those people for like 15 years. I'm like, no, it's great. They got divorced. They're happy now. Yeah. Why would I care if they stayed together? I think that was the, the biggest experience for me was I never understood why, like at school when like, you know, in like year two or something, someone's parents would get divorced and they'd cry. And I was like, I don't get it. Like why? I never, I still to this day can't get why it would upset the kids. Cause you feel it. I know. Yeah. But I just never did. You didn't. I mean, I did. Yeah. And actually I've told my therapist about this. She thinks it's had a lot more of an effect on me than. (laughs) I was about to say. Yeah. Like, but, but still like even having gone through all this with her and talked about it, I still like can't remember any negative effects consciously. What, um, how do you view marriage now and long-term relationships now? I want to be married and have a long-term forever and have little kids. Does it feel like it it could be challenging and that there's like a chance that it will end in divorce? Um, I honestly think there's, I think, look, my parents are not good role models, but I've definitely learned from not what they I've learned from the mistakes I've made. I think, I think I have because I'm, because I talk to them a lot about it and they both got married again, which, and we're married for like 15 years to that person. And then in the last sort of like, and actually dad got divorced about 10 years ago, I guess. But since then have, at least my dad has found someone who's amazing. My mum has found recently found someone who <laughs> seems amazing, but it's early days. So I'm not going to call it. Uh, is this, where's this guy? He's in Fremantle. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a builder. Cool. Yeah. I think statistically they say that if you've been divorced once, you have a higher, like your second marriage has a higher chance of failing than the first marriage even did. What? How, do, how does that statistic really? happen? Yeah. But Especially, and there's, I, and I'm like, oh God, I'm going to have to actually check this. We are um, going to have to fact, fact check. But I still don't get how mathematically how you. I think it work comes down to the same out. concept of like if you've been struck by lightning once, you have a higher chance of getting struck by lightning again because the population size is smaller. So your chance of getting struck by lightning the first time is the idea like it's you with everybody else. 
the second time you, you're in a smaller population pool because you're in a population pool of people that have been struck by lightning. So your chance of getting struck by lightning again rises. So if you've been divorced, <laughs> you're in a smaller population <laughs> pool. Math. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm always like, what's the psychology around it is like, you're not. Yeah, I don't know anyway. that. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I, I don't know. Like, I think part if there is psychology around it, I bet part of it is like, I can leave this marriage if I want. I know I can survive doing something like that. You're a little more hesitant. The first, I, my dad told me, he's like, I still remember the first, like walking out the front door and thinking to myself, if I can get through this, then I'm unstoppable. Like I can get through anything that like I have to face in my life kind of yeah. thing. I do have a memory of my dad. They told us in like, I think Nellie and I were sharing a bedroom at the time and they sat us down in our beds and told us, um, and I remember dad driving off and Nellie running up the driveway, chasing oh. him. And, and you, so, and I do remember as a kid being like, so like, when do we see him next or what? Yeah. Like, yeah. what is the next? But also like, why do they have to drive off in that first instance? <laughs> <laughs> why can't we all just like hang yeah, out like, and Was a there barbecue? a cloud of dust? Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I was just so love movies. That I'm yeah, like, yeah. The scene would be. And then this, it was weird. This writing just started. <laughs> but, um, that is, yeah, I, I don't. I've never watched my parents go through anything harder. But I was so young than that. But I'm amazed how it never, I don't think it's ever something that you truly, it leaves you. I don't think there's anything that happens to you at that young, that, that happens to you at that age that's that big that leaves you. I think that's what you're I'm sort of like going stage, through. Yeah. yeah, like you're so de- it's so developmental that you learn certain skills. So like one thing that I've been exploring is that this this idea that um, of sort of trying to manage people's emotions and things like that is because you rely you suddenly rely solely on one person and their happiness dictates very much like your whether you get fed exactly at the right when you're hungry or whether you get to pl- you know play with some pots or something you know like if the, like if my mum is down or upset and I think she did have like a bit of um postnatal depression I think I don't know if, how long for but it's basically like if you're you rely on this person for every single part of your life because you can you can't even walk or you can just walk and so you start to use your you start to throw yourself in there to try and change their moods almost without them realizing like what, and, and I've noticed I do it at work a lot where I'll like, if there's tension, I'll kind of like try to jump in there to like make a joke or whatever. And I think that stems back to that, this sort of like just this, um, it's just like a response to just like someone being in a bad mood is like, Oh, I need to get them out of that because otherwise it's going to affect me. And like, I, I think that that's also why I struggle so much when there's tension between two other people is because like those first two years, if, if mum and dad were like, and apparently they would fight like badly, like it was like crazy, but if they're fighting, I'm suddenly like in the background where I don't want to be and I'm getting, um, not looked after properly. Right. So I have to kind of get in there and like make a joke and like 
do or like do something funny or make a fool of myself or whatever your tactic is to then try and get them to be happy so that they'll then look after you. Yeah. I am. I definitely know I had something sim. Oh yeah. I think you and I are pretty similar in that because we've obviously talked about it before, but I would wake up in the morning and my first check was uh, to see if mum had slept the night before, because that was a really big indicator. um, Mm. If we were, if she was going to be, okay that day or mm-hmm. not because she just wasn't she just wasn't in a good place and she wasn't sleeping and and um I had to really get comfortable well I apparently I could get told and I do have a memory of this that I yeah I wanted everything to be okay mm-hmm. so mum would cry a lot and dad's there were moment there were times where dad was really emotional as well over the years um and they uh, they would sort of like even make a joke back to me being like, yes, I know that you find this really hard. Like, so they, I think mom even got to a point where she um, was a little bit like, yes, I, I need you to not want everything to be happy all the time because mm. just the reality is it's not. And I think she started to get, concern for me that I wasn't also feeling Mm -hmm. what needed to uh, be felt. Um, But it's, I'm so, it's so funny. Like now, so that, that was a phase, definitely a phase. And I remember Mm -hmm. it because I remember one time dad was going through a really, really hard time. And um, he called up mom and said, I need one of the girls to come and be with me. And actually I think he specifically asked for Nellie. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling really, sad that he didn't probably choose me because he knows that I can't, that I find it really hard if he's, Mm -hmm. if if I'm seeing someone sad. And I thought like, I've like, I've let down Mm -hmm. dad and, and obviously Nell's like the strong one of the two of us. And, um, but it's, it's interesting now, like over time, if someone cries in front of me or someone's going through, like I've, I've learned over this like years and years and years of it to just be like, this is really good for them. They're just yeah. healing and letting it out. And, yeah. But, and, and, and also it's like, I shouldn't like dishonor them by trying to make them feel better right now. Yeah. Because they're the last thing. like, they haven't asked me to, and I'm just going in there and doing it. And I, I'm yeah. so grateful that I've got to the point where I'm like, one, so glad they feel that they can do this in front of me. Two, I'm, I'm not like there, but I really am not taking it on like I used to at all. Um, and three, like, I'm just so happy that they're like able to like release some shit. Mm-hmm. But that took time. How old am I? 32. I'd say 28 years. Oh, that's not so yeah. bad. So you've solved it. Yeah. Hey. I think like to kind of maybe sum up what we just <laughs> talked about, my like conclusion is that a disadvantage of having divorced parents is that you are then looked after by one at a whatever on a Monday yeah, or on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And you become so in tune to their emotions because you are so, so solely reliant on them. Whereas if you're in a, in a house with two adults, when one of them's feeling down, the other one can rally and like someone else can like take you to do something fun. But it's like, if you're just with that person, every, every, little thing that affects them, like sets their mood off or whatever, you become so like aware of it. And I have done that for the rest of my life in relationships at work and things like that. 
And I actually think it's really problematic because I think you need, because you need to be allowed, you need to know that when someone else is, it, as a baby, it does affect you when someone else is in a bad mood because yeah. they're looking after you. As an adult, it, it shouldn't affect you. You should allow them to have that. I think there's some key thing though here, Jess, is that you were an only child as well. So yeah, that's were, a big part of it for yeah. sure. Yeah. And even for me, where I think I would differ from you guys is the fact that I have a sister eight years older than me. Mm -hmm. And not only did, from like a divorce fundamental place, my mom, and I will give her all the credit in the world for this, she drew a line in the sand and said, this is what I will tell my children, this is what I will not tell my children. I will have these discussions with them like mm -hmm. later in life. And her thing, she had made a decision like, this is their father, I will never like, I will never tell them to not have a relationship with their father. I will always tell them to have that. And even like through the divorce, I, I think, and we've, we've all kind of said this after the fact, like, I think we actually had a stronger relationship with each parent individually because of the divorce. Mm. Um, but it also became, it, it did come at a cost. So for me, and I don't know why I did this. I've like talked to, like I've talked to therapists about it. I've gone through like big mental games myself where for some reason I felt that my dad needed to, to always like I defended him and it wasn't necessarily always needed or necessary, but it was because of the fact that if people would say negative things, I looked at it as he's still my dad. So like, stop, stop. Why would you, there's no, what are we gaining out of this besides just trying to bring someone down for the sake of bringing someone down? Mm -hmm. But my mom didn't like, she would talk to friends. And when she was having very, very hard emotional times, she went to like my neighbors. We were very close. They were like our family. She went to her friends. She went to her sister. She went to, she didn't necessarily come to me as a seven year old. Yeah. And emotionally let it all out did we have like climaxes where i would be defending my dad and she would just start screaming at me to be like what just just give me my feelings like give me my emotions i'm yeah. allowed to feel this way and i would have to kind of like close myself up and be like you're right i yes you've earned that i need to give you that yeah um but it was and and this is where i think even my sister ashley and i would probably have very different stories is I remember like Ashley was in college when things really took the turn of like, okay, we're doing like the court process. We're doing all of that and we're, we're properly getting divorced and, and the fighting and the arguments and every single thing Wait, came up into play. Did you have to play. go to court? We thankfully did not have to go to court, but um, I think my sister became a sounding board for my parents. Yeah. Because she was old enough to understand what was happening. Yeah. And I think they both kind of used her as this this vent. And she's told me, and I don't want to speak for her, but she's told me, like, you're 18 and you're in college and it's your first year in college. And here you are trying to even comprehend the complexities of your parents' relationship falling apart or breaking up and, and all of this. Where, And I've looked at her. I'm like, my life was uprooted. Yeah. Like every week I was going from one house to the next. I'm like, and I looked at it as like your way at college. Like that must've been great. When in reality, she knew everything that was going on to like too, too much detail. Yeah. Um, and it's, 
it became a, a big issue in like our sister relationship. And thankfully, as we've gotten older, we've been able to have conversations and talk that through. And we are as close as ever now. But I mean, for years, we didn't like each other. And I think it really came down to the way in which the divorce affected the two of us, where for me, I always looked at it as my parents' relationship is their relationship. It's not mine. I'm going to have a relationship with each parent individually because I, I make that choice where I don't know if she necessarily had so much of a choice because everything was kind of thrown on her and she watched everything fall apart. Yeah. I think that's interesting to think of the the fact that you do have a divorce does a divorce where both parents hang around and you live with both of them separately does inevitably mean that you get way closer to both of them because if they live in the same house, you would turn to one for one thing and another for the other thing. And so they're still sort of, which actually I think also explains, helps answer the question of why it's so painful for kids who have grown up with parents that are together for them to then divorce, get divorced because this, that's all they know. They're essentially one person that they like turn to and suddenly they're, they're not. And they like, they can't go to, whereas I can go to my dad for most things and I can go to my mum for most things. Um, that's probably not true for people that... I had a friend that, um, and I'm not, not going to go into like too much detail, but her parents basically split up when she was in college. And by split up, I mean like dirt came out on both parties. Yeah. And I think it like it drastically impacted her and the way and just the way she thought about things the way she thought about her parents it's like she lost respect for both of them but she still loved them and she was trying challenging like to try and figure out okay what do I do next and I remember asking I had a conversation with her parents at one point in time and I remember asking like what like if you guys were unhappy so early on why did you stay? And the, the rationale was we wanted to wait until she was older. Mm. And my mind blew. <laughs> I was like, you wanted to wait until she was older? How is that any better? I'm like, because now yeah. she thinks the last 10 years are a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, and yeah. I didn't even realize like that was th- something people do. Oh, man. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a real thing. Like, yeah. we'll we'll do it for the you know we'll stay for the kids, and then be others that have that real strong philosophy is like we broke up for the kids because we realized we were. Yeah, I mean that's definitely awesome. what my parents. The yeah. way my parents saw it was that it was more unhealthy to stay together than it was. Yeah, sorry. What? To, what? Yeah. What yeah, were they sorry. going to give you staying together, not being happy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do um, think there is a difference with say divorced parents with kids than with, with without kids and I guess because they're not parents thank you for clarifying but like <laughs> you know it's like uh, with breakups you know you really don't want to see the person again well you can never you can never they're s- never out yeah. of your life yeah and I do feel for my parents we were in a small country town yeah they had to see each other even just like the like at the store. Oh my god! Or, even like there'd be times where I'm like, "Oh, that's Dad's car coming!" Oh like, wow! And we would like uh, cross each other on the car to car, you know, um, things, and you know, it wasn't a good time. I was like, "Oh shit!" And what that meant was like, Mum's mind's gonna now be full of Dad shit now mm-hmm. for the next mm-hmm. two hours because 
he just drove past us in the car. But I'm, I was like, even thinking about this while like preparing for this podcast, like, there was like times where I would run into my dad in the grocery store, but I wasn't at his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a massive thing. Yeah. And oh, God, that never happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Or I created rules where when I was at dad's, I didn't want when I was at each other's house, I didn't want to talk about talk, the other one. No, no, no. Talk to the other one. Mm. I mm-hmm. didn't like oh. if mom called up, I'd kind of be like, mom, it's dad's time. Oh, you know? uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, could you imagine your little shit? <laughs> well, it was it, it truly wasn't for me because you were doing it. For I was them. doing it because that like a respect yeah. to the system. Yeah. Um, but I more like even think about this as like, if I was a mother and I raised my children, I could, my, you couldn't even call couldn't them. Call my kid for every second week. And by the way, they did like, we did sort of call and Nell had, Nell had total different way. Like, like there were nights where she's like, I'm dad, take me to mom's. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm. I'm not staying. Where I was like, I was like, I'll stay with you, Dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I'll up. take one for the team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just this dynamic of um, of how strange it is. Like, yeah, you know, my dad always talks about uh, the way that when you know, like, because they would have, I think they would have like weekly or monthly meetings. Oh, cool. Yeah, with, with me, and we'd like all. I don't know. I can't remember what we talked about, but just like how things are like, just kind of check-ins, like how things are going and stuff. And what, for whatever scenario, I mean, just logistically, dad would come around to mum's to pick me up or mum would come, come around to dad's to pick me up or whatever. But depending on, so if I was with, if I was staying at mum's and dad came around, I would have, I would like mum was my parents Mm-hmm. Like dad wasn't my parents. So it was, he'd be like, I, I can't think of a, a good example, but I'd be, you know, even just like, like dad would be television like, dad would be like, yeah. Or do you want like, do you want a strawberry or something? And I'd be like, mom, can, can I? And, and she'd be like, yeah, what? Like, as in like <laughs> your dad, your dad just, just offered you one kind of thing. No, she wouldn't say that, but that, yeah. that was the legit. Inside the sort of, of me. I'm like, this makes of course. Like, to yeah, me, yeah, this yeah. makes complete sense of that. Behavior. Yeah, totally. And so I would very much be like, I would turn to the, the relevant parent of the house and and not even the house. It was like, if I'd come... No, I guess it was. It was the second that I walked through the door. So if dad brought me around to mum's, as soon as I was at mum's, I was... Mum's switch. Mum time had started. Yeah. yeah. But I think... Yeah, anyway, I can't remember. But I think that's really interesting that you you... Yeah, the the classic story is um, that comes to mind. So it all got much more complicated when Dad started to see other mm. women. And if if anyone if anyone ever says like what was difficult about a divorce, it truly wasn't that they got broke up or anything. I totally understood that. It was more when other people came into mm. the factor. That's where when I'd agree when shit got not for me weird. I loved it. Yeah. It was just like, it was like sick. And because they'd be super, like, everyone was really nice to me. Yeah. It wasn't about it wasn't anybody. about the person. No, yeah. Normally. I remember like, and I don't know if my mom said it outright, but I remember like the questions of, or, or 
kind of just trying to instill in our brains like she's not your mom. I am your mom. Yeah. Like she can't fill the place. So even just the tension that was kind of there about who this woman is now my stepmother and has been in my family. Like we call her Stamimi because we always thought stepmom was like a, an evil term. We'd, Stamimi? Stamimi. Yeah, that's less evil. It's less evil. <laughs> <laughs> this is what like nine year olds come up with, yeah, guys. Yeah. And to this day, we write out her birthday cards, Stamimi. Yeah. We all spell it differently. <laughs> fake word. <laughs> um, but and now to this day, like I have a beautiful relationship with my stepmom, but in my opinion, she didn't try to be my mom, but my mom always wanted to make sure that we knew like she wasn't her mom. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, like, it's a yeah. fear of hers yes. that she's like projecting on you guys. I think like I, I say that like I didn't, that I had the opposite experience and I did when I was a little kid, I think because there was someone else in the house that I could rely on, like, you know, it relieved some of that. Yeah. Like yeah. if mum was sad, I could, she had a, a boyfriend, Colin, who was a really lovely guy. And I mean, I don't really remember him, but I remember him like I was close. <laughs> he used to tuck me in and stuff like that. So it was like, there was someone else to like turn to. Mm. Um, but when mum got married, when I was older, I didn't, that was really annoying because it was like, suddenly we had this fucking guy and I was like 16 or no, like probably You're like, I don't need 15. another dad. It, was, it wasn't even I didn't need another dad. I was like, this guy sucks. Like, I don't want someone in the house. Because at this point, oh, yeah. I'm not relying on mum, really. So I'm yeah. just like, this is so annoying. And mum, I sort of saw mum, like, giving up these, like, these pride in independent parts of herself, these proud independent parts of herself that she always preached, she, not preached, but, like, always instilled in me. And then suddenly she's like, well, you've got to make sacrifices. And I'd be like but he's just being a jerk, you know, like you don't have to put up with that or whatever. Yeah. And then it would be things like, he'd be like, if I'm fighting with mum, he'd be like, don't talk to my wife like that. And I'd be like, what? Like you've been here a year. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to my mum however I want. Like I know her way better than it was like this standoff. Yeah. And I'd yeah. say that, yeah, maybe at that point it's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What was, because I think you both were, I didn't necessarily, both of my parents, after they split up, the the people they dated next or were with next, they are still with. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go through, like, my parents dating mm. around. It's like, so to me, and even, I, I, I remember, like, hearing people explain, like, oh, like, my dad's been dating like this woman or my mom's gone on like 14 dates and nothing's really clicking and you're hearing all about the dating life. And I'm like, God, I don't want to know any of that. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you guys, I I was too young. I mean, okay. I've (laughs) it's changed as, as mom's like got divorced again. And now (laughs) I really have get to way too many details. But when I was young, I didn't get, it was just, I just had these cool guys like kind of around. Yeah. Hanging out for a few months or like if, it felt like they'd be around for a really long time in, you know, in hindsight, maybe they weren't. And often they would have a kid, yeah, which was cool. Cause then I'd have someone to like hang out with, hang out with. And, and I also, this is a fucked up memory. I remember, I remember like going back to that sort of like controlling your parents a little bit, controlling, trying to feel a sense of control over their emotions. 
a negative one thing that I was like controlling their emotions negatively was like I used to like I'd love to if I could I'd like sleep in mum's bed or like mm. um or try and stay up or whatever and like I remember she when Colin left and he was he kind of left in a pretty horrible way like he just kind of ghosted she was like devastated and like she'd be crying and she'd kind of like turn to me for like her comfort and stuff like that which in hindsight had repercussions but what for me but like what I would do at the time is I remember I could if I like wanted to sleep in her bed I'd be like I'd like get in and be like mum I really miss Colin and she'd be like like start crying and be like oh you can sleep in my bed but I didn't give a fuck like I didn't miss Colin you know like I just wanted to like sleep in mum's bed because I love doing that I know. I love it. I, know. <laughs> I felt so bad for so the many years. I like do. remained quiet about it and then told her and she just laughed. She was like, whatever. But, but yeah, as a little kid, it was like, you know, I didn't know that that was a mean thing to do really. I mean, I knew I probably shouldn't be doing it, but. It's just like really good reading the room basically. Totally. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I feel like if um, dad was listening to this podcast with your question, he'd be like, oh, God, oh, what is what S <laughs> going to say about his <laughs> dating life? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I was so young, but dad did have a few, like, f- women. Pa- he dated. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't, like, I don't think we, it was at all, like, the point of, like, oh, S. <laughs> I'm going on a date tonight. Yeah. I, you know, but like, were you introduced to them? So it was always, um, Oh, <laughs> Jesse's making I've fun been of telling Je- like <laughs> Jess, uh, if he's like, I've been instructing him with my body language when he's not doing something great for a recording. And he just did it to me. Cause I was covering my mouth with my hand. <laughs> Touche. Uh, but, um, he would introduce, it would, would get to a point. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there were dates I never knew about or, or um, other, but n- no, they, we were normally introduced, but there's like this. So this was the story that I remember with um, dad's kind of, it was like, I think it was sort of the third woman that he'd been d- dating after mum, And, um, who, who we ended up marrying, but, but they got divorced. But Ellie, uh, who has been a huge part of my life. Um, I was walking into town from Margaret River with a friend of mine. I was at mum's house, so mum's turn. And dad drove past and we were, we, you know, we must have going in to get, have lunch or something. I was about probably 10 years old. That's what you did at Margaret River. And apparently he was in the car with Ellie. That was their first proper date of her she lived in Perth coming down to Margaret River and staying with him for the weekend oh, and wow. he apparently you know he's like oh that that's, see, my, that's my daughter <laughs> <laughs> and apparently she was like well do we pick her up <laughs> and he's like um I don't she looks okay he's like, but like I think Ellie was like I think you should pick them up and take them to wherever they're going <laughs> um so they pulled over and that was how I met Ellie was dad was like jump in girls and um <laughs> give you a by ride. the way this is Ellie and yeah so I don't yeah so but that even that's just so strange because like totally. my dad with his separate life on his week off yeah off you know yeah yeah, yeah. but um no I think for me the it really I, there was one or two women that just weren't 
I th- that were one of this particular was so different to my mum and different values and like mum would never say like read a dolly magazine and she was like you should read a dolly magazine uh, so like is that like cosmo yeah okay. and i was nine years old oh, so um definitely what you should be reading yeah and so that like there was a fundamental of like i feel like something's wrong here but at the end of the day it more all came down to every time dad was with another woman it just cemented i think i think to my mum was like again it's over like mm. again this is the family's mm-hmm, mm-hmm, done mm-hmm. again it just felt like it was all you know i mean it's just like it was another stake uh, yeah, yeah and that's where i got the most nervous about someone else being a part of our life because i was like here's an here's a fresh new journey we have to go on and relive of like that our family is not together anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was, I think I always dreaded the most, but I think a lot of the times I was like, who's this cool woman? Yeah. Yeah. Being so nice to me. Especially Ellie, (laughs) Ellie, who it was dad was with for like 11 years. She was a graphic designer and a jazz singer and her and mom ended up like building quite a lovely friendship. And that was like, Oh my God. we meant we could have, but I could have birthdays with my full family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and f- for me, that was huge. How old were you when that was? Um, when that sort of got comfortable and, and that we could have like birthdays together, I probably was like 15, 16 years old and up. Okay. So, so it's like, ne- you know, yeah, nearly 10 years. Yeah. But that took, that took time. And what was lovely about Ellie and same person, I, I don't, she was no, she just really didn't feel like a threat in any way. Yeah. She was never, she, if you met her, um, she's so the unmotherly type, you know, like I had to try and warn her to not say the C word when my friends came over and we were 12 years old, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She just wasn't, and I think mum felt that as I was like, oh, this woman is really not going to be trying to step on uh, my toes yeah. at all yeah. and stuff. Um, but, that, yeah. yeah, my stepmom, who, who you know, I had for, I don't know how that long they were together. I want to say like 15 years or something. Um, th- they're not together anymore. She like, she used to like bad mouth my mum. And like, Ooh. she was really, to this je- day, she's like, she was always very jealous of my mother. And like, so I think that was a real, and I don't think that happened until I was older or I don't remember it happening until I was older, but it did mean, it did mean that I, um, like Christmases and things like that, we couldn't spend together because she didn't like my mum, And so that made things a bit awkward. It kind of like logistically just was frustrating, I think for me. Whereas yeah. now, like my stepmom, who I've had for the last 15 years, um, I actually knew before my dad did because her and mum we're young single mothers in Perth. And so we're like friends. So it's sweet now. Like it's like one, it's like it's gone full circle. And now I just have like a bigger family than I would have had if they'd stayed together kind of thing. Here's a question. Does it's, well, you probably can't answer it. I can, I bet you can't like, or it's, you'll be like, that's a stupid question. <laughs> it is a stupid question. Would it, would you be happy or sad if they, if your parents got back together? If they, after all said and done, they get old and they're still in contact and they're just like, yeah. I, like, to my core, don't, I don't even know how they were together. But you remember them being together, right? No, not really. I only have negative memories. 
Yeah. And both of my parents have said, because I've told them that, and they've said, like, that's sad. Like, it wasn't all bad. Like, we were, they were together for, I think, 19 years or something. Like, they, my mom was in college when they started dating and all of it. Yeah. For me, though, I'm like, I, guys, you were, what, I was six or seven when you got divorced or split up. Okay, three years before that, were you really in a happy marriage? They're like, no, we were miserable. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. Is three years of you guys screaming and yelling and me consoling my older sister who, and this is just our personality traits, and Essie knows this, like, that's where my sister Kelsey and I differ is I'm always, like, been this like painfully stoic person where I'm like cannot show my emotions I need to hold them in and um but maybe a dynamic that started then as well oh 100% um but no I have I can't even imagine them being together even though the people that like they're with now like my on a fundamental level like they are still kind of similar because my dad married another like strong Irish woman from like a like a middle class Irish family and that is kind of where my mom was at one point in time and and there are similarities between like my stepdad and my dad so I'm like okay it's it's not like you guys were totally on the wrong path mm-hmm. just not sure you, you clicked in correctly with the right one yeah but what about you well, me no like it the, uh, frankly it disgusts me <laughs> the idea of them being together. But I think I'm, that's why I'm curious what you guys think, because I just can't remember them physically ever being together. Like I don't even remember them fighting. I just don't remember them at all, at all, ever living together, ever anything like that. So I'm just like, Oh, that is so weird. Like that <laughs> d- is disgusting. So I like, if you asked me this even two years ago, I would say definitely not. But now I totally can. I, at more as companions mm-hmm. yeah, um, I yeah. and I don't like I don't um, and I don't mean that I feel like it could be like oh S is being you know romantic and thinking this is lovely it's not it's actually not even through that lens it's more like I'm starting to think about them as retirees and how they're going to spend now this time of their life um, where they get to choose Basically, you know, they've got a lot of freedom coming up. Mm-hmm. And dad now has this property in Bali. My mum loves to spend time in Bali. Like, mum has so, she's such in a good place right now, mentally and healthy. And um, I think it's like she talks about wanting to go, uh, go to um, Antarctica <laughs> and. Uh, and I, I like I'll go with her for a few days and stuff like that. And like I feel like Dad's on that ad- adventure. He just went to Europe on a cruise, yeah. and Mum wants to do the cruise in Antarctica. And I just and like my dad, what he always said about Mum and their relationship was that they had the best conversations. Like that 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 was like the be- true beauty of their of their relationship was the conversations and. I think in another, I don't think it's at all going to happen and I don't wish it to happen or whatever, but I could write the story of yeah. them coming together and why it would, yeah. why it would, why it would work. But there was definitely for most of the years, I was like, you guys are so opposite mm-hmm. and so different. I don't quite understand how you got together, but actually now I, I completely see. Mm-hmm. And that could even be me learning more about myself and realizing how my value sets and all that kind of stuff um, through my parents and realizing that they 
that actually at the core of who they are and what they do love about life and that, that there is such strong similarities. Mm-hmm. And um, it was interesting, Jess, when you said earlier like that your parents were always on the same side of how to, I took it as like how to discipline you or like how to raise you or that. My parents always were on, they, I never felt any like, well, dad's going to be, totally fine with this and mum's gonna have a mm-hmm. you know by like the big things they yeah, were yeah. they i've that, that was always always, always a aligned. really beautiful constant of like mm-hmm. what we expect of you kids what what we value your what we want your behavior your outlook on life but so i have i know we keep it's probably getting really long but you can edit this yeah uh it's nice to be asked a question how do you think it's affected your dating lives yeah i think we should end yeah i think this this will Let's wrap it up. <laughs> no, well, uh, well, I think we should just uh, wrap it up right now. Actually. <laughs> um, I guess I'll go. Uh, I think it's kind of a two-parter. I guess I watched my sisters react to the divorce one way, and we're very we're very close. And um, I think in their dating lives, I watched the divorce possibly impact them or the way that they would explain things. And I don't know if that's just the way that I looked at it or if they would turn around and cause I've never asked them or like if they would turn around and say to me, Oh, because the divorce or the way things went down. Yes. I had issues like trusting men or I don't, I, I wasn't looking to be in a relationship or any of that. I, I don't know, but I do know that the way they would date and the way that they would explain things, I read it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, and this is where I don't know it's the chicken or the egg. I don't know if my control freak issues, if I always had them, I'm sure my parents would say, yeah, like you were born a lunatic, Grace. <laughs> you popped out wanting to organize things. Um, or if my sort of reaction to the divorce was to try and control my emotions, control the way things are impacting me and control like the things around me. And you link that to like, do you believe that that does have an effect on your dating life? This control. So my controlling issues have definitely had an impact on my dating life. Even just in the concept of like the simplest thing of wanting to go on another date with someone that I really like, because I know that they have the ability now to hurt me it, it's beyond just the concept of like, oh, if I open myself up, you're going to hurt me. It's fundamentally, I'm trying to actually turn the knob on in my head to say, go on a date with somebody. That's something you should do. Like you should go on another date with them because you like them where I'm, my re- automatic response is, okay, well, goodbye. You're going to have to leave now. Like I know I like you, so you need to go away. Mm-hmm. I can't date you. Mm-hmm. Um, and let like letting someone in past that barrier has been a big thing for me. Have you ever got past that barrier? Yes. And even then, like, I guess in the last relationship I was in, at first I didn't. And at first, like, I, I openly, I owned up to it a couple years after. But where I said, I was like, he would ask me to go on a, th- on a date or meet up. And, and I just lied. I was like, nope, I'm unavailable. I can't do that. Or, oh, sorry, I was napping. Or, And it was just because I knew I liked him and I didn't want to go on a date with him because I was petrified that it wasn't going to work out and that I was like, oh, well, no, I'm going to fail. Like, this isn't going mm-hmm. to work. And it's funny because my parents both have 
and it is my personality where like I keep my emotions to myself. I don't really let them in on this stuff. They've both said to me like, Grace, I just want you to find somebody to love and to be like your partner and, and to be in a happy relationship. And I'm like, ha, (laughs) (laughs) that's really helpful advice. Thanks guys. Yes, Thanks guys. (laughs) I know that's the goal. (laughs) 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 Haven't quite clicked in yet. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's me. Yeah. What about you? Well, actually, no impact. Essie nothing? hasn't answered yet, <laughs> and I did ask the question. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't have a cl- clear answer. <laughs> Sounds like a lie. Well, no, it's Sounds not a lie that I don't have a clear answer. Okay. Um, I know it's affected it. Like, I, it, it's inevitable. Not. I do feel like I want to say a disclaimer with like I think. Um you know, everyone's childhood and the way that they first experience love and stuff has to then probably affect how then they like affect love. I mean, have <laughs> like relationships later. I have been soul searching for this answer, I think for like a really long time. Um, and I never have come to something that feels right I don't think I will probably until I'm in a relationship and I can like reflect back on it. Cause I've kind of never moved past mm-hmm. the not having, I, I've never had a relationship. So it's like, I've kind of always been in more the limbo land, mm-hmm. but do you think not having had a relationship? Yeah. Is, is the, from that. Yeah. Um, I hope, I hope it isn't all because of that, because I know and I, my, what, springs in my mind is a lot of people grew up with divorced parents and they've all had relationships so it yeah you know i don't think that's bullshit yeah everybody reacts to stuff differently no but i also don't think that there's you could say that one one thing 100 percent has had an effect i mean is the core reason Yeah. yeah. yeah um but i'm curious if well i'm actually more interested and in a way it's funny how you both answered. You answered about um, dating rather than like this, the, rather than a relationship. Because you're in a relationship right now, and both of us aren't. Oh, you think? I would. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm curious why. Like, yeah, I guess when I say relationships, why do you go to the starting oh. point of a relationship oh. rather than the relationship itself? And it could be a relationship. I mean, I don't know. No, no. What, what, so you, what were you going to say? I was going to say for you, Essie. Yeah. <laughs> we could, it could be a relationship with a friend or something. <laughs> with <laughs> you? <laughs> um, Just if you don't have any, a romantic example <laughs> that you like. so funny. No, I do. I have to. I always relate it to friends because that's all I've got to do. Um, no, it definitely, one, I think it's like this, I do really, cause we've discussed it. Like there's such wonderful positives of it because you sort of have this beautiful respect for the power of relationships and how it, um, can affect your mood and the, and the, I've seen the journey of what you go through to, um, one be in a relationship and then the healing process of afterwards and, and the work that probably needs to go on. And I'm so grateful that, um, 
I, it, the, in some ways, like I didn't grow up with like parents with like the perfect relationship. And then that's, was my, that's my expectation now. And that's, you know, like few and far between. Mm-hmm. I'm really struggling to answer this question because I don't really know, but, um, here's the thing. We can't change it though. Like that, that is mm-hmm. what we went through and lived at but what we can change is I guess like the different ways that we look at it and our the healthier relationship we can have to the past but I also think I think you're totally right like you can't change it and like even if when I talk to my mum about this stuff or whatever or stuff that I've talked to my therapist about she'll say she'll be like oh I'm so sorry like I don't and I'm like no I'm not asking you to apologize like you can't, it is what it is. You can't change it. And I don't like hold anything against you for it. I mean, shit, like you were younger than I am now, you know, like I can't even imagine, but, but I do think recognizing like you recognizing it or me recognizing it, you being Essie, not you being my mum, is that you can then, you can learn from it. You can say to yourself, Oh, I'm reacting like that to my partner or my friend because of, because of what happened when I was two. Yeah. Mum had this wonderful saying that she started to say when I would talk about things, and it wasn't even necessarily linked to the divorce at all, but she's like, S, we need to remind ourselves that that was in the past mm. and that just because it was in the past does not mean it's going to happen mm-hmm. in the future. And it's it, it's a nice constant reminder. That's a that's a past thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and we'll, yeah. we'll sort of uh, see. But what about you, Jess? Because you, I guess you are, you've, you're, I don't know, you're in a different situation to us at the moment. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. I, it's not an easy question. I, I'm trying to come up with a quick answer, but it has, uh, I think affected me a lot. I think it's affected the women that I've ended up dating. Um, I think in the way of like your behavior as of it, or like the people that you're being drawn to, uh, that I'm being drawn to. Mm. Yeah. Which I, makes sense. Yeah. I think I probably set up a dynamic living, having, living with my mother alone. Not so. Yeah. Again, like it always comes back to mum. I feel like mm. in relationships, but see, I think mine more comes back to dad. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. But I think I, I put myself in, I, I potentially end up in relationships where the person is quite, and I definitely don't consciously do this. I would say I do the opposite, but where the person is quite reliant on me mm. emotionally and where I, like, I think there's, I find it flattering and things like that. But I also, but I think the reason that I find that flattering or the reason that I like am drawn to it is because of that dynamic that I had where I was my mother's life back then. And so I, it gave, it was like my focus, it it gave me a little bit of meaning and maybe it does now in a relationship where I sort of, I like to be in in a position. I'm not saying I don't like this. I'm just saying subconsciously, I think I put myself in these positions where, where my partner is emotionally reliant on me and I'm sort of like, have to be the stronger one and have to be the savior. Yeah. And I try to be this very like understanding person. And I actually think this is something I got from my dad because he's, he's a very like, 
he's always trying to th- see things from the other people's point of view. He's always putting himself second and things like that. But I've actually found that that can be really problematic in a relationship. Um, letting something being like, Oh, look, I don't think it's fair what they're doing, but I'll just let it go. This, I'll just let them have this one. I'll just let them have this one. And setting your own feelings aside because it then puts them in an, in an unfair position as much as it puts yourself in an unfair position. Yeah. So I think it's had a profound effect on my relationships and the women that I've uh, had relationships with. I'm trying to think even, I feel like there's like the, the larger aspect of it and like, from a general sense, like the impact it has on you, but also just getting into like the the very specific moments sometimes and how you react to them and how maybe you respond mm-hmm. can also somehow kind of be related back to that. And you might not think about it at first, but after the fact, you I, look at it and you're like, oh. I thought that was something really interesting. You said, S, about your relationships where it only, someone said this to you or something like that, but it only recently occurred to you when you're on bad terms with someone to wait for them to apologize. Like when you've had a fight with someone, yeah. it only recently occurred to you that if you don't immediately say sorry, they might eventually say sorry. Yeah. It was, I am still struggling with it that I don't actually believe that someone will come and apologize to me or to, or, yeah. or put the energy in to make our relationship stronger. I b- believe that is my role in relationships. Mm-hmm. I will, I will do that. And I don't quite understand, um, where that's come from or how, but like, it is a very foreign concept to me that I, if I like, I'm standing my ground and they will, if they want this, mm-hmm. they will come. And like, I don't have any element of that. What I am noticing that's lovely, though, is you're in therapy right now, Jess. I'm guessing mm-hmm. just by the way you're talking. I'm not at the moment. You, you, you're I'm not at the in moment. moment. What we ha- all have. But is I, what I'm really appreciating about this conversation is how the clarity that you're... You can tell you're, like, really working through some stuff and, mm-hmm. and the distinct sort of ways that you're answering questions. And, like, I... It's like when I go through therapy, when I'm in therapy, mm-hmm. I am able to sort of like do <laughs> that. And then, yeah. you know, when I've been out for a while, it's interesting. I, it's like, it all gets blurry again. I mean, there's certain things that I'll always carry with what I've learned in therapy, but yeah, it's, um, it, but it, but I do definitely have these moments where I'm like, I'm getting so in that of like trying to put this puzzle piece together that mm-hmm. I need a break from putting the puzzle piece together. And like, it's interesting how you go through ips and flows of life of like when I need to like, where I feel like therapy, I've always learned more after therapy uh, when you've had time to digest. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, like and, reflect and actually on it. like put, put it into action. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, and like even do you, do you Grace, like, do you feel like do you have a sense like if something, happens in a relationship that they will come and that you are okay letting it sit in the uncomfortable bit and I would say yes um I think what I've learned about myself especially probably post this past relationship was sometimes I might be too willing to let things be the way they'll be 
and not necessarily fighting for something to to be right where and it's like I don't want to it's I guess like there's the the example of um without like giving anything away the person I was dating at one he was divorced and I remember having a discussion one time where he told me that he had gone on a date and someone had kind of said to him and and by divorced I mean he still worked with his ex on a day-to-day basis with her family in a very close situation and he went on a date with someone and it was I can't say it was after they'd been dating for a while I think it was a very early on date where the woman basically said you would need to change your job if we're to continue dating and for me coming from what I considered a very bad divorce which even on the spectrum of divorces is really nothing in comparison to what like it could have been um I was so respectful that Mm -hmm. to me, the fact that you guys can work together and still interact on a day to day basis. And yes, they didn't have kids, but I was to me, I was fascinated. And I I was like, oh, no, that would never be an issue for me because on the contrary, it's almost an asset. Yeah. I'm like, they've learned something. They've like gained from this. And to me, like that was I would never have made a big deal out of that because it, to me, it was nothing Yeah. where maybe the things that I, I, I guess I should have made a bigger deal about even just maybe if in conversation or if we were having like a, a, an issue or something, I wasn't fighting for what I guess maybe was like the right answer. I was just like, okay, I'll let that go. Yeah. Yeah. And I shouldn't say asset. Sorry. I'm, I actually mean like a good sign. Yeah. Like quality. if someone if right? someone can can be at that understanding that they can continue to to have a relationship with their ex, I think that's a really good thing. I've you know, I've had girlfriends who are like, can't believe I'm friends with ex girlfriends. And I'm kinda like in my head, I'm like, that doesn't Isn't make it? you that doesn't paint you in a good light for me because I right? like what do you mean? Does it does it have to go that bitter for you? Like every time a relationship ends? Like it's I don't think so. Yeah. But sorry, Grace, to bring it back to you being okay with things. I don't know what you mean by right exactly. Cause I don't think there's anything wrong with him working with, but sorry. Cause that the way the, what you saying that seems to contradict in a way, your perception of yourself in early dating of being controlling. Cause I'd say then you're actually, yeah. so it sounds I guess like you're the, not controlling. So the and, controlling thing is, very much so a, a me thing. It's I'm I'm not necessarily like I'm not looking to control other people. Um, I control my behavior. So even to the point of I will make sure I'm OK with things because if I'm not OK with it, then we'll have an issue. Mm-hmm. My behavior will be what yes. I don't want it to be. So even like if something say were to upset me in a relationship, I would control my emotions to make sure mm. I'm not letting it become a big issue because, well, like fundamentally I want this relationship to work out. So if, if I just control myself and make sure like they feel 
comfortable to come to me with the issue and, and talk it out, then we're good. Where I don't want to be the, the, the girlfriend that goes screaming yeah. relentlessly, like, how could you do this at, for small things? I will make sure I'm like, no, 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 control your emotions. You're okay. It's yeah. going to be okay. So in, it sounds to me like in in terms of a relationship, you're not control. You're actually, you would never be described as controlling. Correct. Yeah. Like you're perhaps bottled up and a bit closed off, but yeah. you're not, you don't try to control the relationship. No, I, I control myself <laughs> <laughs> too much. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which has been hard, right? Yeah. Like that's what it, it has affected yes. the relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It does inevitably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, at the end of the day, though, if I, like, surmise what I'm grateful for being a divorcee kid, whatever the word is, I'm tired now. Um, the I'm so grateful I got to see my parents work through shit. Mm. And they had to because I think at the end of the day, if actually people, when I started to have an answer when someone said, why do you think they broke up? And I started to say, I think they hadn't dealt with their own shit mm-hmm. and it was affecting their relationship and it forced them to deal with their stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I love that I have learned lots of tricks in the trade and, and um, ways in which to help get through hard times in life purely because my parents were going through it at an age when I was really paying attention to their behavior and what they were doing. Yeah. Like, so I'd say like, if there's one thing I am grateful for this whole spirit experience is it's that, that awareness mm-hmm. of work, work you've got to do on yourself. I think the other side to that is that I would like to see, and I'm always a bit curious about is seeing a relationship that does work and does appear to be really good and has been where they've been together forever and to see how they work through that. Because I don't actually know that. that I've never seen that. Mm. Like I've seen it from the outside where like, you know, I have friends who have been together forever and it's like, I'm just like, fuck, they are the dream couple. But inevitably they, they make it work. It's not like driven by a pure connection of soulmates. It's like they, they, see, they jug, they like... Yeah, they were able to kind of do it together rather than they had to be apart to do it. Yeah, Yeah. so I'd love to see, I'd love to know how to do that. I keep remembering, so we just had this guy on, and I'm going to say this now forever on every podcast, so enjoy, (laughs) Grace, Um, who wrote a book about love and it's like the behavioural science around love. And he said that there was one key thing that that scientists have seen with healthy long-term relationships is actually when they talk about the relationship, they use the word we. Mm-hmm. Instead of I mm. and I is that we do, you know, and again, they go through really hard times. It's not that, but when they're truly I'm like, I'm being careful with my language when they're talking about their relationship, not necessarily their personal own life. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's a massive, they say we, thing. Yeah. and so it's, it's a, it's a, we're in this together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a healthy relationship, <laughs> my ill-informed opinion is that that the we is what you can work on, but it's really important to have the I and and for yourself to work on the I, yeah, yeah, and to, yeah. and for you to be and the them, like for you to let your partner still be their own person, 
and for them to let you be your own person and for you to be a team that like is good because of let's use a sport analogy like let's <laughs> we actually, we I actually sports. can't think of a really good like can it be about example, basketball but like <laughs> having like you know like a good you know, on any good soccer team or whatever, you have like a good, I don't even know what the terms are, but like someone who's really good at kicking goals and someone who's really good at defending. And like without one of them, the team would be shit. And if they both became the same player, the team would be shit. And so they need, they basically as a team are really good because they're individually like whatever, have, have their own interests and their own different things going on. Yeah. I think... And sorry, and they're both, but they're ultimately both working towards the same goal, goal yeah. of making the team work. And the respect for what each other brings to yeah. the game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or three goals, depending on the score. <laughs> sorry, fuck. How many goals do they want? <laughs> you going to wrap this um, up, babe? No, I think even just piggybacking off of like that thought of if I could look at the divorce and, and pinpoint anything that I'm happy to have gained out of it, it's... I mean, yes, I'm happy that I have this larger family that I didn't have before and, like, my stepsisters and all of the nieces and nephews and, like, my stepmom and, like, all the whole family that we've gained is huge. But, and I've, I've talked to Essie about this a lot. It breaks my heart to think that people look at a divorce and say, why did that fail? Because they don't look at it that way. And I think that's impacted every relationship I've had in terms of like romantic or even like friendships and all of that. I genuinely feel that you have relationships in life, both short term and long term. And each one of them not only teaches you how to exist in the world and and who to interact with and how you interact with people, but also you learn so much about yourself from each one of those relationships, like while they're happening and after they've happened. And I don't understand the the concept of because our marriage or our romantic relationship didn't end with the two of us in the ground, mm-hmm. it failed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You guys were together for ten years. Yeah, and you had kids. You like- had kids, and you did this, and it was it was great. And at some point in time, you turned around and said, "Okay, well, we're not." here forever together. This so ain't working This anymore. ain't working. And mm-hmm. you respectfully decided to walk away. Why mm-hmm. can't it just be that? Why do we have to look at it as it's, it's still the negative in society. And if I could leave any note to anybody out there, it's the fact that I don't think you should look at it that way. And I think you should be open to the idea that it's also a beautiful decision to make together to walk away from something Mm -hmm. and to say, this is no longer working Mm -hmm. versus painfully sticking through, even if it's never going to be right. Yeah. Jess, thanks for doing this trial with us. Thanks for the muffins. How'd you you feel? Good. Cool. Is the chair comfortable? Yeah, You've moved actually. around a lot, but, yeah, but, uh, but that could that. just be you. I always, I'm, I'm kind really of, really we should give them like a fidget spinner I think we need something. to move that closer so you can put his feet no, up. No, I didn't want to put my feet on that. Oh, this Why? thing. Because her dad made it. No, no, this. Oh, this? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, oh. cool. Thank you. Our program is produced and edited by Essie Zarr and myself, Grace Taylor, in Brooklyn, New York, with sound editing and original music by Jimmy Linville. 
Each episode features designs and illustrations by Nancy Pappas. As always, a special thanks to our guests for coming on and sharing their stories. Check out the show on Instagram or on our website at essiesourofloved.com.